There are three major Jewish holiday feasts with both agricultural and historical meanings intertwined in their celebration. Each of these holidays is tied to the story of Exodus, the story of Moses leading his people out of bondage through the desert and ultimately into relationship with God. Each is also tied to the cycles of nature. The Feast of Passover celebrates both the liberation of the people of Israel from slavery and Egypt, and also the beginning of the fertile growing season of spring. It celebrates the beginning of the harvest of winter grains eaten with no leavening. It is a recognition of physical liberation, of the promise made by God to his people. The autumn holiday of Sukkot is the feast of thanksgiving, of the end of the harvest. It is also a commemoration of the time spent wandering in the desert after the liberation of Passover. Sukkot celebrates things temporary and renewable in recognition of the temporary shelters erected as the Israelites wandered through the desert. At Sukkot, celebrations happen in a makeshift booth decorated with perishable greenery. Shavuot, celebrated seven weeks after Passover, and thus also called the Feast of Weeks, is the shortest of these three holidays. Shavuot is celebrated this week by our Jewish sisters and brothers. The agricultural celebration of Shavuot is the annual celebration of first fruits. Shavuot recognizes the harvest of the last winter barley crops and of the first spring wheat crops. It recognizes the hardship that sometimes comes when there are a few weeks between those events. It notes the beginning of the season of abundant fruit by setting aside the first fruits of pomegranate, fig, and olive, and other important crops. Those first fruits are consecrated as holy offerings to God. They are brought to the temple as a gift on this holiday. Shavuot is a celebration of the things that give us physical life, a thanksgiving for the fruit of the earth and a dedication of the first of each crop to God. In Jewish households, the abundance of the harvest is celebrated by eating milk and honey, sweetness and richness together to symbolize the sweet and nourishing gifts of the divine given to us through the earth, as well as by sharing the first fruits of the season. That's the part of Shavuot tied to the cycles of nature. The historical celebration of the holiday is the commemoration of the giving of the Torah to Moses by God. This is a celebration of what gave the people of ancient Israel spiritual life, their covenant between them and God. This part of the holiday is celebrated by studying the Torah through devotion and prayer. It is customary for Jews to stay up all night on the night of Shavuot to read the Torah. The traditional reading in Jewish services on the morning of Shavuot is from the Book of Ruth the story from the sacred texts of Judaism that happens at this time of harvest. The story of Ruth is one of belonging, of community, 
of selflessness and of acceptance. It instructs us to practice hospitality to the stranger in our midst, to have commitment to those with whom we are joined in covenant. We honor that tradition with today's reading from the book of Ruth. To Jewish people, Shavuot is the culmination of the promise of Passover, the spiritual liberation that follows the physical release from captivity and slavery. It is a recognition of the covenant with God that freed the people from Israel from bondage to immorality and idolatry. And thus, the holiday celebrates the necessity for spiritual nourishment through study and community as it simultaneously honors the physical nourishment that comes from our earth. This time of year is sacred to Christians as well. In the early history of the Christian church, there was great debate over the relationship between Christianity and Judaism. That debate centered on the, on the argument of whether Christianity was a brand new religion based on new beliefs, or whether it was an extension of the ancient religion of Judaism. Now, because of the laws that were in effect in that time, which allowed for ancient religious practices, but banished new ones, it was better for Christians to be seen as an, as an extension of Judaism, and a great campaign was waged to appropriate Jewish histories in, in Christianity. Though most early Christians were not converted from Judaism. Once Christianity became the religion of the Roman Empire through Emperor Constantine, the force of that empire was used to claim Jewish holy sites in the name of Christianity. It included building Christian churches on prominent sites in the Holy Land, claiming that important events of the life of Jesus happened on those sites. It included claiming the Jewish holy city of Jerusalem, the holiest site in Judaism, as the site of Jesus' death and resurrection, and thus the holiest site in Christianity as well. It also involved claiming Christian significance in Jewish holidays, and so the Last Supper was a Passover Seder, and the 49 days of counting from Passover to Shavuot in Christianity became the 50 days between Easter and Pentecost. And thus, Christians claimed the holiday of Shavuot as Pentecost. And they too looked to it as the fulfillment of the progression of liberation that began with Passover, continued with the giving of the Torah to Moses. But our Christian sisters and brothers add a line to this story. For to them, the culmination of this historical timeline is the resurrection of Jesus on Easter. Both Christians and Jews recognize this holiday as a day to celebrate our relationship with God and with the earth, to honor those things that we have been given that sustain us both physically and spiritually. Celebrating those things that sustain us and nourishes us transcends theology. Today, I'd like to reflect on some of the ways in which the holiday of Shavuot can be understood by each of us here today, no matter our background or belief. In recognition of those things that physically sustain us, we have fruit. We'll share it later. But what are those things that sustain our spirit? What bring us, brings us vitality and energy 
What is worthy of celebrating for Unitarian Universalists on this holiday? Today, I will touch on three things that honor the spirit of Shavuot. Teaching, relationships, and hope. The Jewish celebration of Shavuot recognizes the anniversary of the giving of the Torah to Moses by God. It honors the fact that in Jewish practices, the teachings of the Torah are in and of themselves sustaining to those who study them. Faith and spirit are sustained by studying the teachings. As Unitarian Universalists, we don't have a common scripture to point to as the totality of what we have been taught. We come together with the understanding that revelation is not sealed in any particular book. This understanding that there is still teaching to be had in this world can sustain our faith as surely as does the study of ancient texts by Jews on Shavuot. Now sometimes Unitarian Universalists take this too far. We dismiss those ancient sources as myth. We re reject faith-based claims of truth with the thought that someday we just might find out they're false. But on the whole, we are a people who are sustained by continued revelation, by continued learning. We come together to learn from one another, from experience, from sources of wisdom, both ancient and modern. And this love of learning, this unquenchable curiosity for spiritual teaching, this can sustain our spirits if we let it. Inherent in learning from and teaching one another is being in relationship with one another. Relationships are also a source of spiritual sustenance. We rely on the relationships in our lives to sustain us. Friendships with people who are there when we need a boost, sometimes when we need our egos to be cut down to size. We share the ups and downs of our lives so that we can console one another and celebrate with one another. We need one another, both in good times and in bad. So we gather. The people we choose to gather around us form a community of discourse, a community in which ideas are shared, a community in which our thoughts and beliefs are both affirmed and challenged. We come together understanding that each of us has only a piece of the truth. And together, we have more if we share it. So we talk. We form relationships of accountability. We rely on others to let us know their experiences in the world, because despite our best efforts, it's impossible for us to know how someone else perceives the world. We understand that we have something to learn from all of those in our community. So we listen. We are sometimes inspired by those with whom we are in relationship. Sometimes we meet someone whose courage, tenacity, ability, or resilience sticks in our memory to be pulled out when ours is flagging. We summon courage within ourselves that we did not know we had because we see it in others. So we watch. The sustenance of a relationship is not something that comes to us Passively, real, right relationship takes work, lots of work. 
It takes argument and reconciliation. It takes negotiation and sacrifice. It takes the time to build up trust and to rebuild that trust when it has been eroded or destroyed. And so we do. Gathering, talking, listening, watching, doing, these are the verbs of relationship. The actions of someone connecting with another and another and another. The actions of someone seeking spiritual sustenance from others and in return giving it back. Why do we form these relationships? Let's be honest, the relationships we form here make our lives better. And we seek to make our lives better because we have hope for the future. Hope that we can together create a world that is better than the one we have today. That hope, too, sustains us spiritually. The Reverend Theodore Parker, 19th century Unitarian minister, transcendentalist philosopher, abolitionist crusader, famously preached that the moral arc of the universe is long, but it bends towards justice. A century later, none other than the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. made those words even more famous, but they come as King knew from Theodore Parker. This is a statement of hope, hope that ultimately things will get better, even if they take us a long time to get there. Is that hope misplaced? Does the arc of the universe really bend towards good? How much hope should we have? Is there, as one of my mentors once put it, a grand conspiracy in the universe? I believe in Parker's words. I believe in hope. I'm unable to believe that there's an active force outside of us pushing us there, but I do believe that somewhere within Human beings can find the way to make justice happen in our world. Hope sustains us, but meanwhile, I'm willing to work really hard to justify it. Teaching, learning, the give and take of a relationship, hope, and the work that makes manifest that hope in this world, these are things that sustain our spirits. These are things for which I am grateful on this most precious day. And in the true fashion of Shavuot, let us all be grateful for all of the spiritual and physical sustenance that we are given each and every day. Blessed be. Now, we will partake in the physical nourishment of the season as we pass around these plates of fresh fruit provided to us by Mary, and please help yourselves, there's plenty. This fruit has adorned our pulpit, placed at the front and center of this worshiping community. It has been here out of recognition of the gratitude we have for the abundance of the earth, for the sun and the rain and the wind and the soil, for the labor of farm workers, for the awesome ability of plants to create sweetness from the air and the sunlight. And so, as you eat your bounty of fruit today, do so in order to replenish yourself physically. Take from this fruit nutrients and goodness, but take from it also the sustenance of teaching, 
of relationship, and of hope. In eating this fruit together, we celebrate the gifts of life, spiritual and physical, that we receive each day. And as we share in the sweetness of this fruit together, I offer you the words of the Reverend Richard Gilbert, who writes, Blessed are the heavens, for they declare the power of creation. Blessed is the earth, our beloved home, for she is a planet of plentitude. Blessed are the waters thereon, for they gave rise to living things. Blessed is the land, the source of life abundant. Blessed is the air we breathe, for it fires us to life and love. Blessed are the beasts of the field, they are glorious to behold. Blessed are the fields of grain, the orchards of fruit. They give us sustenance, asking nothing in return. Blessed are they who protect the earth and all her creatures, from the plants of the field to the trees of the forest, for their reward shall be harmony with the web of existence. Rejoice and be glad for the earth and her people are one.